0: All right, another pet chat. Here we go. And uh, firstly, I want to say we en- we ended up with more people in here <laughs> a couple of minutes ago than we had uh, room for. So
1: what- Two for the price of one. <laughs>
0: we ha- I think we had every vet that we've ever had it here, didn't we? It seemed like <laughs> it. Anyway, we've, we've, we've moved to Kimberley Earl on, so she can yes. come back next time. Fiona, welcome.
1: Thank you. Nice to be here.
0: All right, Cheryl Shaw as well. We're on Broach Watch to Kickstart as always. What have okay. you got there? Okay, Sunglasses
1: Sunglasses
0: Um, Some thongs Something for summer
2: Ice cream Summer Summer and your pets There's a lot of hazards around at this time of the year And we're welcoming summer tomorrow
0: Dr Fiona is here as is Cheryl Shaw And Cheryl you mentioned that it's a summery field today. Looking outside, it, it, the sun's not really out, but we're kind of getting up there temperature-wise, sort of.
2: That's right. We need to be, um, really consider summer weather. And with it starting tomorrow, hopefully we'll, we'll be seeing a lot more summer days. But when we're thinking about what we do with our dogs going walking, a lot of us are going to have to change the times that we do things. We're all very routine. We do things at set times because it fits in with our schedule. But we need to take a look at when we should walk our dogs. Often people are walking their dogs in the hot of the day. So what's happening with that? The pavements are heating up, the tar's heating up, and that tar gets extremely hot. And walking your dog on it, because they've not got shoes, often we forget about that. We've got our shoes on or our thongs on and off we go walking. But the dogs are being affected by the heat of the tar and the concrete, and it can burn their pads. Now the dogs rely on their pads to help cool their bodies down so their pads and their tongues obviously are what they use to cool down but if they're walking on these hot surfaces apart from overheating they can actually get those pads burnt and um, those pads will blister and peel and their feet will be very sore. Even on my way here today I was just saying um, before about a little pug that was going walking with his owner and the pug's tongue was so far out Um, it was so hot and Fiona you mentioned about your dog as well. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's. I think we forget how easily they can heat up. Yeah, and particularly as you talk about the pugs that have quite a short face, they really struggle then to cool themselves down. Mm. Um, we have a greyhound and she has a beautiful long nose and she was still huffing and puffing this morning so it's a timely reminder that we do actually have to think about what the weather's doing.
2: Yeah so you know thinking about going out early morning before it's getting hot or late afternoon when things have cooled down particularly those surfaces that they're walking on another area of real concern is we go to the beach and think oh we'll cool down at the beach but that sand can be really blistering and you know the dogs again are running on that dry sand it's burning their feet so just really Consider what you're doing with your pet it may be in the best interest you know to go as I said earlier or later another thing um, that we've got to be mindful of if you can't put your hand down on the the surface for five seconds you know do that five second test if you can't put your hand down on that surface then the dog shouldn't be taken for a walk another thing to consider is just how much shade is in your yard when you're not at home so you know have a look around is there ample shade for your dog if not Please put up something to protect them, you know, a a shade sail or a tarpaulin, anything to give them a bit more shade. And another thing is that this time they'll be drinking lots more water with the heat. Um, Make sure that they've got plenty of water. It's really important to make sure that we're not um, subjecting our dogs to um, any heat stress.
0: And make sure the water bowls out of the sun as well. Yeah, yeah. might sound they, all, all these sound like very obvious things, but we can tend to yeah overlook them.
2: Yeah, and a Absolutely. lot of dogs, a lot of dogs actually kick over or knock over their water bowls, or some will, like Labradors, just dig into the water bowls, stand in them. Yeah, empty it out, and then they again they've got no water. So you know sometimes it's worth just placing a couple of extra bowls around, um, just so that they've got plenty of water. Um, one of the, the things with um, with the dogs too, it's just as important to make sure that if they're on um, the back of a utility, so some dogs are tied onto the back of the ute trays of cars, those ute trays can become extremely hot. and and, and that's one another problem. And also on boats, we often forget about the, the dogs that go on boats with their owners. The decks of boats can become really hot as well. So thinking about all of those surfaces that the dog's feet are touching, just making sure that they are you know, not too hot and, and obviously um, protecting them. You can get little boots for dogs. Some people use those but um, on boats, but a lot of dogs don't like anything on their feet.
1: Yeah, I think it's just mindful to remember... As you said, Cheryl, that five second rule with putting your hand on a surface, if it's too hot for your hand, yes. it's absolutely too hot for the dog's feet. Yeah, yeah.
0: Just walk around with those shoes if you're struggling.
1: <laughs> you know your dog <laughs> is as well. Sure. If you're yeah. not sure,
0: your dog <laughs> can't do it either. Uh, 49216216, if you have a question for our pet chat team today, Cheryl Shaw is here, Dr. Fiona as well. And good afternoon, Glenn at Cessnock. You have a question for uh, uh, dog worming today, Glenn.
3: Hey, Mark. How you going?
0: We're doing pretty good.
3: How can we help, Glenn? I mean, I go to the vet occasionally or mostly and get my worming program from them. Yeah. And it normally takes, you know, when I worm the dog, I have three months before it's due again. Yes. I've been looking at getting a product just from either a pet shop or somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And they all seem to be monthly. Yeah. So I just wondered, is there a difference in the the quality? Can you buy that quality worming from the shops?
1: Great question, Glenn. Um, We're really lucky actually at the moment with the amount of products that we've got on the market that do a really, really great job. Um, The discrepancy that you're coming across is due to what the products are protecting against. So a, a worming tablet that does your four standard intestinal worms is given every three months. I suspect what you're seeing um, around it's the monthly product is a product that's also combining your flea and tick protection and also your heartworm protection. So they're slightly different products and they're covering slightly different things. A lot of people love the monthly chew tablet because they do contain pretty much everything you need to do except vaccination but it depends on the protocol that you choose and it may well be having a chat to your vet is the best way to do it because you, they can sort of cater to what your needs are. But yes, there are monthly products, but they do lots more than just worm your dog.
3: Yeah, because the vet seems to have two tablets.
1: Yeah.
3: And everything else on the market seems to be a one tablet. You know, it almost suits all with heartworm and tapeworm and all the other... The worms, plus, like you said, the fleas and, and ticks. But uh, yeah, I was just interested to understand why that would be you know, three months from the vet, whether they have a stronger or a different...
1: It's, it's so, essentially a different active ingredient. So right. it's working in a different way and it's addressing different parasites. Both are effective, but you're not comparing apples with apples, if that makes sense, Glenn.
3: Well, that's what I thought. That's why I thought.
1: I'd just get them inside if I could. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for the question.
0: <laughs> yeah, all right. Thanks, Glenn. And and that's the thing, isn't it, Fiona? I mean, we've you have got to know that one type of medication, one type of treatment, rather, is is aiming at a. It's it's got a different bullseye than uh, something else. So that's absolutely
1: yeah yeah, and that's why um, it's so good to seek advice from the professionals, so that you're making mm. sure that you're protecting with. What you need to
0: yeah don't want to be uh, giving the animal too little of something or, or on the other side too much either absolutely
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah and there's you know there's so much on the market we're so lucky these days particularly with tick protection um, but yeah it can be super confusing
0: can you believe it ladies uh, the, today the last day of November what's going on there <laughs> Christmas almost... is coming uh-huh. whether you like it or not <laughs> I know Cheryl's Cheryl sure very much into Christmas yep. right the yeah. tree
2: goes up tomorrow. Hot pink poodle Christmas tree.
0: Of course, it is. <laughs> what about your place, Dr. Fiona?
1: Uh, uh, yes, ours went up on the weekend. Okay. That's we kind got of the close boxes enough. out and the kids did the rest. So Fair that's enough. That's my type of setting up the Christmas tree. It uh, is
0: if you get someone else to do it for you. <laughs> yep. they're, so they're old enough that they can take on that big responsibility? Yes, yes. Excellent. Then that's fine. That's yep. fine. Good afternoon, uh, Janice at Walls End. Your dog's uh, coat is changing color. What's happening, Janice?
4: Um, her, her ears are orange. And she was snow white, like a snowflake, and my snoodle, she's a snoodle, and um, she's going orange on one side of her body and a little bit on her tail. And I was wondering if it was the food she was eating. She's nearly three, three in um, January. Yeah. And I was just wondering if it's the food she's eating or, um, yeah, I don't know. She yeah, was sure. All
1: white. Good question, Janice. So she's a schnoodle, did you say?
4: Yeah, she's just noodles.
1: And yeah. has she always had the slightly orangey tinge to her ears?
4: Yeah, always. But it's a lot darker now. It's a lot darker
1: brown. Yeah. Know? Has she had a clip recently?
4: Um, I clip her every three weeks.
1: Okay. Look, it's not uncommon for dogs with poodle genetics or, or mostly poodle but okay. other breeds to change coat colour as they grow. It's not necessarily something you have or have not not done, and I'm pretty sure it's got nothing to do with the food. It's much more to do with the. Sorry. Yeah, she eats a lot of she eats a lot of
4: vegetables, pumpkin and carrots, and all different types of
1: food. Look, I know a lot of beta carotene in people can change the skin colour to go a little bit orangey, but we're not talking the skin here. We're talking the the coat and the hair. So. I mean, I doubt it's to do with the diet, but if you wanted to do a little bit of a trial and maybe cut out those orangey vegetables, you could see if that makes a difference.
2: Right. All right, then. Thank you. Just another thing on that, Janice. Have you noticed that that um, coat that's um, more stained or coloured orange, have you noticed that that coat is a lot coarser? definitely. Yeah, yes, so definitely. that that's actually um, where the guard hair is taking over the soft undercoat. So it will increase as she ages as
0: well.
4: Right. Yeah, because yeah. everyone said instead of it going
0: grey. <laughs> <brown. laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, all the best with that Janice. Thank you so much. Good afternoon, Steve at Singleton there. Well, you got two Kelpies, they're both fed the same, and one's putting on a few pounds. So, which one, Steve, is going to the fridge and getting the chocolate?
3: <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. The, I mean, my partner passed away two and a half years ago, and she, she used to feed, so I was just taken over the feeding. Yeah. The younger one is the most active from the time, well, sometimes it's three o'clock in the morning, she's out barking a kangaroo or something, but she runs and runs. Yeah. And, and the other one, I mean, they've kept their weight good, all of a sudden, the younger one, most active
1: one is starting to put weight on you can notice it okay and do you feed them together or do you separate them for feeding
3: they're separated for feeding
1: yeah okay and there's no way that the one that's gaining weight is pinching food from the other one (laughs) no 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 okay and no one in the household's feeding them extra bits and pieces or they're not scavenging from neighbors that sort of thing no
3: i'm the only
1: one here and the neighbors long way away okay all right well in that case it probably comes down to metabolism Um, You know, people are different. We all need different amounts of food and some of us have fast metabolisms and some of us have slower metabolisms. How old is the young one that's gaining weight? Five years. Okay. And are you feeding it the same amount that you always have?
3: Well, it hasn't changed.
1: Okay. From when it was sort of 12 months old or so? Yep. Because the other thing that can happen as... As this younger dog is getting older, is its metabolism is actually slowing down. So the amount of food it used to need, if, if it's still getting that amount, it may actually be too much for it. So I would suggest the easiest thing probably to do is cut its food down by about 25% and see what happens over the coming few weeks. Um, that might be the quick and easiest thing to do, I'd say, Steve. Well, the, the, other, the older
3: dog, well, she's probably nearly 18, but... Uh... Oh, wow. She's not putting any weight on at all. She just looks
1: like Kelpie, you know? But, uh, yeah, Yeah, one book. They're all different. See how you go. If that's not working, then yes, I would certainly suggest a vet visit for you, Steve.
0: All right, all the best. Yeah, that, Fiona, that M word again, metabolism, (laughs) it's horrible. I had a glass of water this morning, put on three kilos.
1: Don't know if we can blame the watermark. <laughs>
0: it's not fair. Across Newcastle and the Hunter, 2 RFM 103.7 as we continue with Pet Chat today. Cheryl Shaw is here, Dr. Kimberly Earl, and we had some dog questions, Excuse ladies. Me. Oh, sorry. What did I not call you, <laughs> not Dr. A new Fiona? Name. <laughs> Kimberly was here before yes, we started to say hello to you and drop yes. off a couple of Christmas presents to you. And then she just uh, she disappeared. <laughs> so it's amazing you just get used yep. to. Uh, Lisa, pilot. Didn't, Lisa didn't call you Dr. David Tapp.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's very Questions <laughs> well, there. Anyway,
0: um, you're all here. We've had some dog questions. Uh, we don't mind what animal, whatever pet you've got, whether it's a cat, or a snake, or hubby at home. You can take all those. Yeah. <laughs> we got a bird one now. G'day, Anna from Cessnock. Oh, sorry, no, Ruth from Cessnock. Uh, you've got some budgies and parrots and quails. So what's going on in the aviary? You, you want to feed them some lettuce, I believe.
4: I'm wondering, I've got lettuce that need pulling up and throwing out, and I'm wondering if I can toss some of them in the cage. I looked up on the internet and asked what they could eat, and they never mentioned lettuce
1: yeah, good question, Ruth. Um, so there's lots of leafy greens that our birds can have, but lettuce probably isn't a great one. And the reason being is there's minimal nutrition in it for the birds, and it can upset their gastrointestinal tract um, if they have too much of it. So whilst a little bit here and there is probably not going to do any harm, I would not recommend it. Like certainly, if you've got a if you've got a large amount of lettuces growing, I certainly wouldn't be throwing them all in there. Yeah,
4: I think it'd be oh, no, better off would, to go in
1: would, the compost.
4: A, a little a little bit, a leaf or two of a morning. But um, growing against the cage, I've got uh, a camellia and a bay tree and I've noticed that through the wire they nibble a bit of those leaves. Will they hurt them or could I feed them some of those?
1: Oh, Look, I wouldn't be feeding them large amounts of... Plants that really aren't designed to be eaten by them. It may be they're eating them because they're a little bit bored and they're just investigating and exploring. Um, I think but I'd ser- love to get out of the cage. Yes, <laughs> I certainly wouldn't be um, wouldn't be picking the camellias for them. No.
4: And what about parsley and mint?
2: Parsley's okay. I don't think that the, the mint would be a great idea. You're much better off to think think of things along the lines of what the parrots and, and budgies eat in the wild. Yeah. So when you when you're thinking about that, they're really into thistles, into the power weeds, um, into that winter and summer grass. They really like those. And there's a lot of seed heads around at the moment. So if you just look on, you know, in your garden or on the verge, you'll find a lot of things that the parrots will really enjoy. And you'll find too that parrots and budgies like to entertain themselves and that's probably why they're chewing on the things that are leaning against the cage so a little bit of environmental enrichment for them will help so some some things that they can do in the cage will often um, help with that as well they they may be a little bit bored
4: well they've got logs and all sorts of things in there that they do entertain themselves with
2: that's great
4: plenty of perches but uh, I just wondered because uh, of all the things that I was wondering about it was the lettuce I know you can put lettuce in with
1: chooks, but I wouldn't I... be using t- I wouldn't be using too much of it, Ruth.
0: To you, RFM one hundred three point seven. As we continue pet chat today, look if you haven't rang yet and you have a pet question for Cheryl, Shore and Doctor Fiona, who I will not call Kimberly <laughs> Earl ever again. You know the fact that you're the best mates that's the problem for yes. me. Maybe that's yes. what it was.
1: Yeah. No. A- Pick one, pick the other. Yeah. All good.
0: Not a problem, Dr. David Tabret.
1: <laughs> that um, I might have a problem with.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he will too. <laughs> All right, uh, ladies, we have a dog of the week. And if you've been interested in adding a new member to your family, uh, you can check it out up at our webpage, uh, 2nurfm.com.au. Today, an eight-week-old Kelpie uh, by the name of Nalu. Now, uh, uh, Kelpie Cross, rather, with white tips on her paws. Uh, master, most outgoing of her litter and has a big, in capital letters, big presence, <laughs> um, big personality, very vocal at times, endures playing with other dogs and people, loves cuddles, not suitable ladies for first time dog owners. So that might be a point to pause on it. So what type of family would be good for uh, our eight week old Kelpie Cross here?
1: Well, I think if we look at her genetics, so we've got a Kelpie cross um, and so dad's part Kelpie, mum's full Kelpie. So this little girl is designed to run and run and run and work and use her brain all day. So if that's genetically where she's coming from, I think if you have maybe a small backyard or you can't commit a really solid amount of time into Training and exercising and mentally stimulating Nalu, then I don't think she's for her. She's for you. Having said that, for the right family, she'd be amazing and so rewarding as well.
0: Yeah. And I mean, Cheryl, this is the thing is if, if there may be, a, if you're a bigger family where there's a lot of folks there that can sort of, yeah, the dog can always, there's always somebody at home. Yeah. Uh, and again, like as Fiona said, a chance for someone to exercise, get her out there working, all of that.
2: Yeah, a lot of active teenagers would be able to take this dog running with them and have Mm. a fun time, but it's certainly got to be the right fit for the family. Otherwise, we're going to have a dog who's really bored and he'll become destructive and barking, Mm. and we don't want that. So, you know, the right family have to pick this puppy. Definitely.
0: Mm. All right. Well, if uh, you would like to consider Nalu, and we have all of the other dogs of the week there as well, so head up to our webpage, 2NURFM.com.au, the lifestyle pages, Pet Chat. You can follow the links all the way through there. And uh, if you're struggling, you can give our office a call, 49215555. All right, a couple of minutes left. Uh, So if you have a question today, 49216216 uh, for our Pet Chat team. We'd love to uh, solve some more issues um, before we move on this afternoon, ladies.
1: Absolutely happy to impart some um, or debulk some myths for anyone. If you're not sure if something's true that someone's told you, give us a call.
0: We did have a follow-up. Anna from Cessnock wanted to uh, point out that maybe Steve had the two Kelpies, same diet, um, but one is, um, shall we say, uh, not fitting into his pants anymore. (laughs) Do you reckon that uh, maybe he's catching some rabbits on the farm? Do you reckon that might be it or we're back to the metabolism question?
1: Oh, look, it could be. Um, if I was a betting person, I'd say it probably had more to do with the metabolism, but either is possible.
0: Like I said, like I, said I tried to put that, that's a glass of water by you, and you said, no, 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 it's yeah, probably nah. not that. All right, um, Cheryl, we're not that far away from Christmas, and I know that you'll probably wrap us up uh, in a couple of weeks talking about the, the do's and don'ts for Christmas Day, uh, you know, with yes. the thing. But uh, a lot of folks will still be having maybe a few more gatherings at the moment at the household, a few more people coming around to the homestead. So, Maybe um, there's some things to watch out for for our pets there. If that is un like if you don't have people coming around all the time, yeah. Now you do. Uh, what should we be careful of?
2: Okay, this is a really good question you've asked, Mark. Because a lot of people who don't get regular visitors can have a problem with their pets, particularly with your cat. Your cat may not really want to be around people. So mm. if you're having people around, please put your cat in a room, make sure it's comfortable, and just close the door so it's not having to interact with people. And also may you know may escape from the house because it's scared doesn't want to be with the people mm. the other thing is too with the dogs sometimes dogs um you know are happy to see people but often people will leave doors or gates open and this is another area that we need to be mindful of with our pets that we're not you know having an escape on our hand when we've got visitors coming Making sure, to The plus
0: side of that, though, is you'd have plenty of people there to go chasing after the dog and find. Oh,
2: but, but, Mark, that's, you know, really serious because, you know, some of yeah. these dogs don't mm. have much road sense. They can get hit by cars. Yeah, true. And we just want to make sure. And the mm. same thing happens, too, often when people have tradespeople over, you know, doors or, or or gates will be left open and the dog gets out. And, you know, sometimes that's quite dire straits what happens. So, yeah, just being mindful of, of um, you know, who's around. And some people are, are just better off if they're placing their pet away until the visitors have gone. And making sure that the food that you're having around isn't left for the dog or the cat to get, particularly at Definitely. this time of the year when we've got lots more, you know, sort of fruitcakes and things like that that the dog could steal. Um, chocolate. Mean, chocolate, yeah. <laughs> and some dogs are real <laughs> counter surface. You know, you turn your back and they've taken whatever's on the bench and, you know, devoured it Down very quickly. It and so some of those um, Christmas foods in particular have uh, potential to kill dogs very quickly. So, yep. yeah, just be mindful of that.
0: Yeah, and uh, again, I, I know it's a couple of weeks away, but folks will be starting to, you know, br- think about Christmas, think about all the, the foods and everything that they'll be uh, bringing into the household as well. And like you said, open doors, open gates, all the rest of that too. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And some of, some of the foods that, um, you know, we, we don't really think about, you know, you might have some skewers and you've you, you finished eating the chicken off the skewers and you pop them in the garbage bin. Next thing, the dog's in the garbage bin because mm. your, your routine's different. You've got mm. people, you're entertaining. Those skewers get, get ingested. Distracted. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think we've really got to be making sure that what's laying around, any rubbish, you know, if you, if, you, if you're doing things, make sure that you're more vigilant than normal.
0: All right, probably our last one today. Uh, G'day, Paul at Clarence Town. Uh, your uh, Kelpie Border Collie cross has got some anxiety issues, Paul. What's happening there?
3: Yeah, well, she's getting older. She's getting older. She's getting worse. She's fourteen year old now. She's always yeah. had a bit of an issue. Yeah. Um, especially with um, storms and rain, then she just shakes and shivers and carries yeah. on. Which is, which is a, you know, I've had Border Collies before. But um, as she's getting older, she seems to be getting worse. There wasn't even a storm or anything the other day, and she's just standing there shaking and shivering, yeah. Okay. Just, I don't know what's going on with her. She's not hearing things or anything. Um, yeah, I was thinking maybe anxiety. Um, I'm not too sure, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, good question. Good question, Paul. Uh, Certainly, what you've described absolutely could be signs of anxiety. Um, With her age, it may, I would certainly recommend rather than saying, yes, it's definitely anxiety, I would absolutely be recommending you take it to your local vet to get a general health check just to see if there's anything underlying. Because at her age, you know, potentially. There could be some um, something underlying that maybe, it could be pain, for example, that's causing her to, to shake a little mm. bit. So I think a, a check over mm. would be a good idea.
3: Yeah, she, did have, she was at the vet a few months ago. She had a grass seed in her ear that she had to, have to get re- removed.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, but,
3: yeah. Yeah, so they gave her a bit of a check over there. But um, I did read an article here not long back about vitamin B deficiency in dogs. Is, is that possible?
1: Look, I've not personally ever seen it. Yes, it's possible, but if your dog is uh, receiving a just a a general formulated dry food or wet dog food, that that is absolutely um, more than sufficient.
0: All right, thank you so much, Paula, Clarence Town, indeed everybody else that rang up uh, with some questions today. We filled it up with people, ladies, so that's very nice.
1: Fantastic,
0: Uh, Cheryl Shaw. As always, thank you so much. We'll catch you in a fortnight from here. Yes. And Dr Fiona, that's who you are. We'll we'll, we'll catch you next (laughs) next time you're in town as well, all right?
1: Definitely. Fantastic. Thanks, Mike.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.